sometimes human, sometimes animal, all conceived with extraordinary imagination and a wealth of expressive detail. Live more natural lives in their unnatural habitats. Becoming aware of nature, of natural details, and so forth. But whenever he can, he has to be ready to investigate the unexpected and unusual, because it may contribute to what he wants to know. We're talking about the sorts of things that had an impact in as much as they came from, from one part of the world and journeyed uh, to another and acted uh, in the mode of impact, impulse, influence, and so on. We want to him the man at the wheel who hurls the lance of his spirit across the earth along the circle of its orbit. I'd suggest that we should rather look for changing angles of vision. An inventive tradition which was able to handle with considerable equanimity a long list of wonders. Hello! And welcome to the first episode of Administrism. I am your host, Frater Yaramarud. You may know me from the Faith Blind Council podcast. Um, I've also been on a couple other podcasts like the Lux Occult and uh, Paranormalcy. Um, but, yeah, if you're, if you're brand new to this podcast... Who I am is I am I am a long practicing occultist. I've been do, I've been practicing occultism and magic for over twenty years, something like that. And um, yeah, chaos magic in particular, and that's what this podcast is going to be focused on. But um, yeah, I've touched all sorts of paradigms and everything, and um, so. Yeah, along with that, I am joined with my beautiful wife, Zarina. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Zarina. You may recognize me from episode three of Esotopical, Long Hard Socks. Or you may know me from our Facebook uh, page of the Faithblind Council or our Discord server. I would be Zarina. Yeah. Um, so, w would you like to describe um, your occult slash magical experience? I would say my occult experience uh, started shortly after I met Yarmarud. Um, we went to a, a party together to meet one of his friends for their birthday, and people were doing all sorts of weird stuff and <laughs> that was that's how it all began for me and after that i was like hey this is really fun so here i am um i would say before that uh my experience with magic would probably have started as a child where i basically had premonitions without realizing that that's exactly what they were um you know, having a dream, being able to remember it, and then it actually coming to fruition, which is kind of strange for a kid. So that's about my experience with magic. I've, I've been to a few occult festivals, and I don't do a whole lot of personal practice. I generally prefer participating in group rituals, but I am excited to start this whole new journey 
with Yara Marud in Administrism. Hell yeah. And so I think before we get into definitions of what Administrism is, um, which I, for, for brevity's sake, I will define as chaos magic-oriented neo-shamanism. And because that is the very concise definition of what administrism is, um, I think it's very important that we get into the topic of what is shamanism? What is neo-shamanism? Getting into that, uh, Zarina, what are your um, ideas of shamanism? Like, what do you perceive it as? What are your conceptions? Just from, like, maybe a pop culture point of view of understanding what shamanism is, my exposure to it would be not much at all, just what I've seen in movies or anything. And it would just be somebody who, I don't know, lives alone, and they would be the the magic person within a community, a small community. Um, that I would say is, is where I originally started with what I thought shamanism was. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's, um, something that's, that a lot of people in Western culture hold. Um, I think the, um, with shamanism, itself like it it has a lot of baggage behind it which is part of the reason why like i created or created am creating um administrism or what administrism is is because of all of this um this cultural baggage that's been heaped onto it um but into actually what it is it's a very it's a very difficult thing to define because shamanism itself is a um it's kind of an umbrella term and um or it was made most famous by um religious scholar slash anthropologist named mercia iliati and um he had written a book in the 1950s in that he had kind of defined what shamanism was and the term shaman iliati had um taken that term and identified it with a um, Tungasic language. I think that's the correct pronunciation. Um, but it's in, it's in Siberia. And um, it was, or he had basically identified the religious leaders or religious practitioners of shamanism to be called shamans or salmons or something to that effect. And so he had taken that term and kind of used it as a as an umbrella term to kind of um, describe similar practices and involving things such as um, one thing that was that he had identified as particularly shamanistic was the concept of a would-be shaman or um, someone who's studying to be a shaman or something going through an initiatory rite in which the um, spirits had basically risen him into a new magical person, which is not something that is uh, uh, particular to uh, indigenous religions or indigenous religious practices or spiritual practices. Like it's, it's common in Western society too. Like we have um, 
the concept of the the mystery schools and it's common in gnostic religions you have um the entire concept of christ dying and then rising again it's um, a common trope within several religions um, of being born again and coming into the world anew. Um, but he used that as shamanism, and or he used that to help define shamanism and what it was. But then after he had written his book in 1951, I believe, it, it became extremely popular in the 1960s and 70s in order to uh, form what is now called neo-shamanism. And with the original shamanism, it kind of had, with the whole initiatory practice and everything, there was a study period in which there was an initiate who would study under a mentor and like learn all of their ways and learn how to do things the, spe the specific culture had defined as religious and what to do. And there was, there was a cultural tradition, but that was sorely lacking in um, a lot of Western societies. And so with neo-shamanism, it's the same kind of concept, the same sort of practices or beliefs without that tr cultural tradition. So you just kind of pick it up. Um, and so that's kind of, Pretty much what we're doing right now is we're just picking up sort of a pseudo-animistic kind of practice. Um, that's shamanism. And my own experience with it and my own preconceptions, um, my own experience with it is primarily dominated by neo-shamanism particularly the the whole post-colonial mindset of basically just white people taking shit and white people like just claiming i'm a shaman come with me on a spirit quest meet your spirit animal like what the fuck are you talking about you like you were born in new jersey what do you know <laughs> yeah like there, there's Ugh, the whole fucking baggage with, with with shamanism and everything, which is what I'm what I'm attempting to um, circumvent with administrism. So Yarmurud, how do you feel that rebranding this as administrism circumvents uh, cultural appropriation? associated with shamanism and and neo-shamanism that's a that's a very valid and very good question um so getting into like my own personal beliefs with cultural appropriation so i didn't mention this in the whole introduction bit but um i studied in my undergraduate anthropology and so i have a pretty solid background in anthropology and cultural studies because of that like I've I've spent a I've spent many years studying other cultures, interacting with other cultures. Um, first of all, when it comes to cultural appropriation, for the most part, I would say that the people who tend to claim cultural appropriation tend to be in a privileged position. I say this because most people who are genuinely part of that culture 
tend to express um, joy or gratitude that someone is involved and wanting to learn their culture. Personally, like I have gone and practiced many different paradigms um, involving those of in indigenous or native people or uh, people um, who are uh, diaspora. If you're unfamiliar with the term diaspora, that's um, it's a culture that has been taken from their homeland and spread throughout the world, has has left their um, their native lands. Typically, like the people who have gone through these injustices and everything, the fact that you are interested in wanting to learn more about their culture, they they take this as a play or as a um, badge of honor, which. Honestly, from any from a magical standpoint, the fact that you are willing and um, passionate about learning about this culture and wanting to practice its cultural beliefs shows that you are approaching it from a place of respect. And if you're not approaching it from a place of respect, you are fucked. You're not approaching it correctly. Um, because so like take, for example, um, say voodoo. If you are someone who is not part of a voodoo culture and you're wanting to practice voodoo, you have to understand that like worshiping and practicing or worshiping and um, venerating the the loa, you have to approach you have to humble yourself that in in the aspect like you are you are coming from this like respecting this culture enough to believe that Yes, your culture is worth learning about. Your culture is worth, it's worth practicing. It is an honor for me to have done so. And if you don't approach these deities, these spirits, these, these ideas from a place of respect, then you're not doing the magic properly. Because part of the whole thing is the, the belief that it works and the belief that what you're doing is the right way of doing it and by humbling yourself in such a manner as to approach these deities and understanding that they are deities and are above you you're honoring these practices with the knowledge and with acknowledgement that you know they deserve the respect that I'm giving them they should be respected but going from that to this particularly with administrism, how does it circumvent this? Um, I think it comes back to how I had already mentioned that um, the term shamanism is a very fucking loaded word. It is full of baggage and um, it doesn't give justice to the cultures and the people that it is used to describe. And so um, from, from my own research and everything, there was a particular paper that I had um, read that was um, written by Lars Farrow in 2011. And he actually does a, a, very, a very good job of putting into words something that I, for a very long time, had felt but couldn't articulate. And um, what he says is, quote, Moreover, I contend that shamanism is not a religion in itself, but only a configuration within a religious system. 
This point is important because numerous scholars tend to reduce so-called, quote, indigenous religions, end quote, to the category of shamanism, thereby depriving these religions of their individual identity. Instead, these religions ought to be recognized and analyzed as distinct systems of belief and practices, just as Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, and Judaism are. This paradigmatic post-colonial reduction of many indigenous religious systems to shamanism has created an impoverished view of religions that are no less complex and sophisticated than the so-called great traditions, end quote. So in layman's terms, the term shamanism erases the individuality of these yeah. other indigenous religions. Right. Exactly. And so like how I had previously mentioned, like approaching a particular paradigm or a particular viewpoint with respect as as you learn about it and as you are practicing it, the the term shamanism completely gets rid of that by it's just like broad stroking the entire thing. Because shamanism originates in Siberia. Yeah. It belonged to a particular tribe, and it was used in a very particular instance. And using that one word, even if you were to take like English words for different practices, delegating the the um, the concept of shaman would completely wipe out like the North American indigenous people and their practice of the medicine man or medicine woman. Like it wipes out the concept of witch doctor. It wipes out the concept of diviner. It wipes out the concept of oracle. It wipes out the concept of priest. Like it completely just whitewashes the entire thing. And it would make a lot more sense culturally because as, as Pharaoh had said, like um, it getting rid of individual religions and individual practices by just, you know, a broad brushstroke covering it, it would make more sense because these are individual practices, these are individual religions, to use the terminology that is part of their language. It would, like, it would do that culture honor, it would do it justice that is lacking in the broad stroke of shamanism, or neo-shamanism for that matter. And so, back to your original question, how would I, um, how is administrism bypassing the concept of cultural appropriation? What culture? Like there's, like the term shamanism doesn't describe a single culture. Like it describes, it's an umbrella term that is argued amongst anthropologists and sociologists that covers a, hundreds of different cultures. So what exact culture am I appropriating from, if that's your argument? Like it's, it's just the term shamanism is problematic in and of itself. Like you should use the word that the culture used to describe their practices. But the reason I want to get to administrism and why I use that terminology is I will be the first to say and the first to admit administrism is a rebranding of neo-shamanism. Because neo-shamanism is a phrase, is a term that has too much fucking baggage. And 
there are so many people and I have come in contact with so many people who have wanted to practice, who are interested in like traditional, quote, quote, unquote, traditional practices or more earth nature based practices, but have felt afraid to do so based on cultural or social retaliation of saying I'm practicing neo-shamanism because it could just be, oh, you're just another fucking white person who's stealing from an indigenous people. And they feel called to practice something that is more nature-based, more earth-based, more based on spirits or genius loci or whatever, but they don't feel like they can because they don't want retaliation in their like social group or whatever. And so what this is doing is this is like rebranding it is allowing you to do so because like it's getting, it's getting rid of that term. And part of the reason that a lot of people are interested and drawn to this in the first place is because they're disaffected. They're, they feel as though like, they're they're lacking their own culture like take take me for example i'm just a fucking white dude in the middle of america okay i could say i have german and irish roots or whatever they're like sure there's some fucking culture here where we just like fucking chug a lot of sausages and eat cabbage once in a while (laughs) but like there's no actual culture like we don't really get together with our community and have we don't have songs we don't sing together we don't get together and well, there are no cultural stories i mean there there are festivals around here that do celebrate lots of these different cultures we just don't go to them well, no, it's not just that. Even <laughs> even these cultures or like these these festivals that are around, they're just fucking whitewashed shit too. Now, a lot of that is. I mean, there's a lot of food involved, which is an important part of culture. Yeah, no, very much so. And we do have like a a local German society. I didn't know if you knew that. Do now. Yeah, it's downtown. <laughs> okay. Well, no, like, I mean, there's there's no, like, social cohesion behind it. So, like, I can't say that I'm part of, you know, Irish or... Okay, yeah, take that, because, like, I, I have Irish heritage. I can't say that I, I'm part of the fucking Irish culture around here. I couldn't call up someone who's also part of my fucking culture, and we can sing a song that we both grew up with, like, that our grandparents taught us. Like, all the fucking Irish culture around here is, hey, you listen to the Dropkick Murphys too? Let's go get fucking smashed at O'Sullivan's. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing else to it. Like, it's just, it's just reductionist bullshit culture. It's just corporate culture. Like, there's nothing actually there. There's no stories. We don't have, there's no, like, cultural mythology behind it. All of the culture for me is just gone. Like, it's it's all corporatized and whatever. And so I know there are a lot of other people like me who also feel disaffected and disenfranchised in the fact that they are lacking this kind of culture. They're lacking 
a communal connection. They're lacking other people within a community. And, but they're feeling this draw towards something more nature-based, more earth-based, more, more in line with us as a, you know, evolved primate. Like understanding that we are part of this environment. We are part of this ecology, especially now with how much technology has been growing and like it's been ex technological advances have been exponentially exploding. And because of that, like you had mentioned um, a couple days ago, Zarina, how like we have such communication at our fingertips and can talk to people all over the world. And yet we don't feel connected to the people around us. Yeah, uh, so just for a quick quick backstory, uh, we were visiting my grandfather. He said he had to go to the doctor's office, and he was in the doctor's office waiting room, and there were three or four other people in there, and all of them were on their phones, just on their smartphones. I don't know if they were reading, if they were messaging people, whatever. But he was just sitting there, and, I mean, he's in his late 70s now, and... He doesn't have a smartphone. He, he, he could never do that. Um, and he was like, where is everybody? You're all sitting here, but like, it's like you guys are so far away. And one by one, they all put their phones down and they started talking. And he's like, this is so strange to me. He's like, I grew up in a time where if you were in a waiting room, you just talk to the people around you. And we don't do that anymore. We're, we're so constantly um, away in faraway lands, you know, of the internet, talking to our friends on Discord, on Facebook, on whatever platform you use. I mean, you might be talking to somebody in England right now. I'm going to be real honest, though. Like, I didn't have my first fucking phone until I was 18, and it was a fucking flip phone. I didn't have a, my first smartphone until I was in my 20s. I'd have still brought a book and not talked to bitches I didn't want to talk to. So, I mean, that doesn't entirely always stand, but I, I do understand the sentiment in that... Um, because I, I brought this up before with um, other other people and everything. I There's the concept of Dunbar's number in which there are only so many people that you as an evolved primate recognize as being of your community. And past that, they're not. Dunbar's number rested around 150. So there's around 150 people maximum that you will recognize as being part of your community or part of your social group. And recognize them as being as being human and having their own problems and having their own lives and everything. But everyone outside of that, they're just a fucking NPC. Like, you don't have to interact with them. You don't have to... And whatever interaction you do have to have with them, it's just a fucking complete a side quest or something. Once you leave the waiting room, they're never going to cross your mind again, generally. But, yeah, it, like, it gets back to the same kind of point where, yeah, we're all super connected and can talk to anyone around the world. But Network. at the same time, like, we don't talk to people around us. We, la we still lack a community. We lack 
you know, gatherings. We lack actual social connection. That's even fucking worse in this goddamn pandemic. Right. We are so connected with the entire world that we become disconnected with our own personal communities, physical communities. No, absolutely. Like there's, and how I'd mentioned like with songs and shit and telling stories, like there's nothing, anyone in our fucking town around here, I can tell you who our neighbors are really like honest, like as a family or whatever, I couldn't tell you who they are. And it's not like I get with them every, every weekend or whatever, and like catch up on how their lives are doing and just have a few beers with them and start like, you know, telling local stories and shit like that around the fire in order to stave off boredom. Yeah, we are, we are lacking that community. And, um, with the advance of technology and everything, we're no longer like paying attention to the land around us. We're no longer paying attention to the plants and the animals and, you know, the living organisms that surround us that aren't people or our pets. Like we're not, we're not recognizing them as, you know, their own entities. We're not, we're not seeing them as part of this intricate web of life that we are part of. We see us as separate from everything. We just, we see everything around us as just the area we currently are inhabiting. We see everything around us as where we exist. Right. And not a part of what we are. And I'm, I guarantee that there are other people who feel that the same way as I do, that they want to get back to something that is more traditional, that is more ecologically based, that is more natural, but they, they feel like this baggage of getting behind, like they can't accept the system they are, or they can't, they can't publicly announce this system because otherwise they're just going to be seen as, you know, a, someone who culturally appropriates or just a some a wook so i remember a time it was last fall we had the chance to just get out of the house i mean we're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic we've been at it for a year now um and being cooped up in the house it just sucks uh we got the opportunity to just get out of the house and go out into the woods uh, and just enjoy the beautiful early fall night. And for the first time in such a long time, I got to experience that connection with the earth and and just feel connected to my surroundings. And it was it brought on this this feeling that I just had long lost forgotten um of just feeling whole. So I'm I'm really looking forward to experiencing this this paradigm and getting to experience more of that wholeness. More of that um just connectedness with everything around me. Like acknowledging the beautiful breeze for what it is and instead of just being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so cold." <laughs> Because that's where I've gotten to. Um, I go outside and I'm like, it's too hot. I don't like this. Or it's too cold. I don't like this. And I... Why doesn't the earth have central air? Yeah, why doesn't the earth have central air? Except it does. For like 
I don't know, six months out of the year where we live, and it's brutally cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so cold. True that. Why do I live where the air hurts my face? Because I don't like big bugs. Yeah, that's that's the trade-off. It's either, you know, cold or giant insects that pick and choose. Except we still get big bugs. No, we get spiders. We get big spiders. Big, big spiders. Big, scary spiders. Yes. That like to pop out at you. Yeah, God, they'll pop <laughs> out of the cracks in the walls and shit. <laughs> There's no cracks in the walls. Just the floor of your workshop. <laughs> Close enough. But yeah, so getting getting back to like um getting back to the practice of administrism and everything, it's I I want this to be an outlet for people to allow them to to practice these things and not feel judged for doing so and giving them a label that they're willing to accept without having to you know, suffer judgment or whatever. And so I think this is a good place to transition into um, what administrism actually is and like what I've focused on and how to develop it. And so like right now I have a list of, of principles of what administrism is and it's not comprehensive. It's not exhaustive because we're just starting off with it. We're just beginning this journey of developing this paradigm and moving through this um, this pseudo-animistic, ecologically-based practice. It's going to constantly evolve just like our practice will evolve and how we do things. And so the first thing I would like to address is why I called it administrism in the first place. And I called it administrism in the first place based on the root word like administer. Within my own preconceptions and within my own um, concepts of what, of what shamanism was, of what, of what traditional indigenous practices were, of what like all of these different religious things, um, what they were like kind of going back to what or the paper from um, Lars Farrow, his definition of shamanism um, in particular was um, it's a bit lengthy, but it's kind of worth it. Um, he says a shaman is a religious specialist who in the context of a ritual has the ability to travel to a non-human supernatural world to have direct communication with supernatural beings, deities, spirits, etc., and then return to the human world. A supernatural world constitutes space that is ordinary human beings, i.e. individuals who lack a special gift and esoteric knowledge, cannot normally reach during their lifetimes. Supernatural non-human space does not necessarily denote an upper or lower world. It can also refer to other culturally defined spatial categories to which humans ordinarily have no access. However, Shamanism presupposes that the soul or some kind of substance residing in the body of a human being can leave the body in order to travel to these supernatural regions during various types of unconsciousness, dreaming, sleep, illness, etc. 
The travel is dangerous because the non-religious specialist does not know the geography of the supernatural world or may have been abducted by hostile supernatural beings, and therefore the soul may not return. In these cases, the soul has to be rescued from the non-human from the non-human zones by a religious specialist, i.e. the shaman. Uh, the preternatural voyage of the shaman is accordingly undertaken for the benefit of other individuals or the community. Using that definition, using the root word administer, I had developed this based on the concept that a shaman or a, as, as Pharaoh puts it, a religious specialist administers things. They give things out. Um, they, in the context of um, certain indigenous rituals, they give out things such as entheogens, or they give out healing. They give out advice. They give out divination. They administer these things. There's also um, the, the root with the term administrator, which denotes kind of like an, a, a ruling power or having some authority over something. And in this case, it would be someone who was within this paradigm's terminology, an administer, someone who does that is able to administer, you know, information about the spirit realm, about the environment around them. They're able to give out those things with some sort of authority. And so with the land around us, with the land we're working with, we are going to be able to administer to people who visit our property. Like we're able to administer information about this. Like, hey, don't don't go over by that tree. There's a wasp nest over there and you're going to get your ass stung. Like that's good advice to administer that if I didn't live and know on like live on and know this property, I couldn't be able to administer that information. I'm able to tell you like where on this property that I live, like where to avoid, where to go, like what to look for. Um, I'll be able to have some authority over this area that I inhabit. But at the same time, like, I will be able to, you know, administer some sort of advice, some sort of healing, some sort of spiritual help, because we're going to focus on shit holistically and, like, everything is interconnected and all of that noise. I'm going to be able to give things out. And so, like, that is where the term administrism comes from. It's the concept of doling things out, of giving things out, of helping the community, of helping others, of helping yourself. And so I, I've chosen that over the um, extremely niche word shaman that comes from a single tribe in Siberia. Administer seems a bit more... Um, All-encompassing. That's a good phrase, yeah. All-encompassing. And there's no religious context behind it either. There's no like presupposing that you have to believe in a certain deity. You have to believe in this. It's... It's going to be based on techniques. It's going to be based on um, methodology. It's going to be based on um, things that I learn as I go along rather than a predetermined pantheon. It will be nature-based. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, presupposing that you live on a planet with life on it. That's, that's the only presupposition that I have as far as, like, practicing administrism. Like, there's, there's a planet that you're on that has life around you 
It's a pretty good starting point, I think. I mean, it just depends on what planet you live on. There might be life there, might not. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully they're just not living on a fucking sterile rock. Feels like that sometimes. I know. I've been to fucking Utah salt flats. <laughs> That's not very nice to our Utah to, to what? listeners. Fucking the salt flats? No. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, oh, I'm not nice to the salt flats. Yeah, well, they're not nice to life either. They're like bacon salt. Like, I don't give a shit if I'm nice to the salt flats. Okay, so um, getting on to, like, what administrism is. Um, so far, as I said, this is not a concrete nor exhaustive list, and it's always, like, it's, it's an ever-changing thing. So some of the things involved with that that we've developed so far um, that we that we are incorporating with administrism and what it is is number one, it is nature based. It is spending time on the land that you live on or in in the surroundings that you are in. It is the life around you, the environment that you are in. And the people. And the people. Definitely. And the animals. And the animals. Like, nature around you. It is... No even, even the spiders. Even the spiders. Because uh, as much as you dislike spiders, they feed birds. And they get rid of insects that are willing to hurt you. Although our spiders get tarantula size. Yeah, they're pretty fucking big. So, that's, that's the first... First principle. The second one we have is incorporation of homesteading or um, self-reliance in order to further entwine yourself with the land and ecology around you. So if you live in an urban environment, you are still able to, you know, take self-reliance. You are still able to create things and do things on your own and rely on the environment around you to help take care of you rather than just, you know, fucking ordering everything online, like making sure that you can take care of yourself, learning more about how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Pick up a hobby. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, buying five acres of land and, you know, cultivating all the food that you're going to eat throughout the year. It doesn't have to be all that. No, like, it could be learning how to knit yourself sweaters. Right. Or it could be like putting a tomato plant out on your balcony and, you know, collecting all those. Listen, listen. What? I had a balcony at my last apartment and I had probably over 20 kinds of of fruits and vegetables out on my balcony. If I can grow potatoes out there and t three different tomato plants, green beans, all the flowers, you can do it. You uh, well, can do that's, it. That's assuming that you have a giant <laughs> fucking balcony and not like a window box. <laughs> hey, you can still grow stuff in a window box. Like you right, can... but you can't grow like an entire produce <laughs> section in a window box. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying if I can grow things out on my balcony, like, it can be done. Like, use the space you have to become more self-reliant. Yeah. And, I mean, and in all honesty, if an apocalypse happens, 
What's your skill? Yeah, if you, you don't have a skill. if you don't have a skill, you're a goner. You're just meat. Yep. So we're just going to use your bones to make something cool out of. I mean, that might be a skill for some people. <laughs> <laughs> my skill is that you can murder me and use my parts. <laughs> that is what you are worth. Oh no, you're probably worth a lot more than that. Uh, yeah, like I like how you use the word probably. I don't know each and every one of them. <laughs> I'm sure you're capable of doing something. So, you know, go out there and, and learn something. And Yeah, if you can't do something, you can learn to do something. Become self-reliant. Like, learn how to take care of yourself. Learn what things you can do for yourself rather than, you know... Yeah, use your abilities. Use what you can do to, you know... Enrich yourself and the lives of those around you, you know, other humans, animals, insects. Like, like say you don't have, um, like, say you don't have a skill with, like, handicraft or doing something like that. Say, like, you've got social skill. Like, you can use that in order to, like, you know, connect with people around you. Start, um, like, getting a community organization together. Like, use your skill to, you know, enrich your community by bringing them together for, like, shutting down a shitty HOA or something. Yeah. I still encourage you to try to get a handicraft of some sort. It's always a good a good thing to have. Good thing to know how to do. Yeah, if not to at least pass the time or something. Yeah, it's always good to have a hobby, too, if you, you know... Want something to pass the time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a handicraft. It could be any... Use the skills that you have. Like, you're you're a fucking magician. You can do it. Um, the <laughs> next or next principle is recognizing your place in nature and the validity of all life that you encounter. So, this, this again goes back to the um, concept of, you know, you are part of the environment around you. You are part of the life around you and all of your actions affect the actions of other life and the actions that other life take have an effect on you. You need to recognize that all other life is just as valid as you. All they're trying to do is fucking survive just as much as you're trying to survive. And so respecting other living beings as having that same biological drive and that same right to live as you do this is where we get into pseudo animism isn't it yeah sort of i mean just like you don't have to believe that our cat has a soul or a spirit but you recognize like it's a living being it has desires it has needs what are you talking about they have souls sure i guess <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that one there is a prick. She still has a soul. Just because you're a prick doesn't mean you don't have a soul. Yeah, I guess. Look at her. She's cute. Mm-hmm. And she loves soft things. Right. Okay, or the spiders we were talking about. I I said you'd try to respect them and accept them for who they are. And they, right. Like and the their spooky legs. They're spooky legs. Like, all they're trying to do is survive, just like anything else. How do you have that many legs and not trip over them? I only have two. 
Also, these little motherfuckers pop out of everywhere. Well, I mean, it helps, like, with the hand-eye coordination. They've got eight eyes, too, so... I don't want to think about that, either. (laughs) But they pop out everywhere. We were eating breakfast one day, and it popped out from under her plate. Scared the ever-living piss out of me. I screamed and ran. It was hilarious. It was a big spider. But yes, recognize like, and not just not just bugs, not just think like there's there are lots of other forms of life too. Like there are there yeah, are yeah, like our you know crazy neighbor down the road. Yeah, he's some form of life, I guess. <laughs> but there's there's like there are molds, there are lichens, there are there are fungi. There's all sorts of life growing around you all the time, and you need to recognize that you are. You are part of that as well. Like, you have a place just as much as they have a place, and you interact with each other. And, like I had said, your actions affect their lives. Their actions affect your life. That's another principle. Like, recognizing that you are part of a very intricate web of life. Uh, The next principle kind of ties in with what we've already talked about, is respecting all life that you encounter as having its own spirit or energy recognizing they have their own wants, they have their own desires, recognizing it has a spirit, it has an energy. So the next one is, as a life entwined in this web, all issues must be treated holistically. So take Western medicine, for example, right? You go to the doctor because you're feeling ill. Why do you feel ill? Well, you've got these symptoms, we're going to treat the symptoms. We're not going to treat the cause of it. For all you know... You could just be having an emotional day that has set your fucking shit off whack. So your emotions could cause, like, an immuno response. Yeah. Like, there have been plenty of times anyone's felt, like, so upset about something, like, they felt nauseous. Oh, no, I experienced this in the most strange way. I had a lot of stress going on in my life at one point, and I woke up, and I had these red bumps on my ankle, and I thought, man, I must have got bit by a spider. Well, as the day progressed, more and more of these hives were popping up. And I went to the doctor because I was freaking out. And they're like, you have hives. It's okay. And I'm like, yeah, but what's causing them? And they're like, well, do you have anything going on in your life? Like, I'm stressed the heck out. And they're like, that's probably what's causing it. Here, take this medicine. Here, treat the symptom. Yeah. I mean, they didn't give me anything to calm my nerves. That probably would have helped. Yeah. But, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, treating things holistically. Like, understanding that, you know, you can't just treat the symptom. You have to treat everything. So, and, like, a big part of that is taking care of yourself. That is That is a very big part of it. That doesn't just mean physically. That also means emotionally. So, like, if you're in... If you're in a situation where you can't emotionally handle it, put yourself out of that situation. Take yourself out of it if you can do that. Do your best to take care of yourself. Um, Mentally, if you are so, like, as you had said, Serena, like, if you're so stressed out, like, find a way to, like, relieve that stress. Understand that everything needs to be treated as a whole because we're part of a giant web of things Everything needs to be looked at, not just the symptoms. And I mean, we understand that, like, you can't just make stress go away. You can't just make anxiety go away. 
You can't always leave a situation like we're realistic. Right. But I mean, there are still practices that you can you can take so that like, oh, I'm not so stressed out all the time because I meditate every day. Or because you take other steps to... Like, I'm eating a healthy diet. I am, like, there are lots of different things that you could do in order to help things. You remember when we first got together, I was a extremely high-strung person. Yeah, yeah. And then we got engaged, like, right away. And uh, that just intensified and was astronomically crazy time in our life. I took some steps to try to, you know, minimize my anxiety. We actually did a ritual. And honestly, since the ritual we did, my life has changed. I don't nearly feel so anxious all the time. My, I am not high strung like I was. Not at all. Maybe a little bit, but not nearly as much. Definitely calmed down from when I first met you. But like treating things holistically, like I'm reminded of this quote by Jim Carrey, right? Um, he had said, I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material, surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. You are a giant plant. Get sunlight, get water, eat. I am a succulent with anxiety. I kill succulents all the time. (laughs) You are as nurturing as a desert. (laughs) Deserts don't kill succulents. You are less nurturing than a desert. (laughs) Hey, I haven't killed that uh, agave plant yet. Operative word is yet. (laughs) It's been going strong for like two years. Either that or it's just petrified itself. No, it's still living. It's still growing. I got to replant it, repot it. So the next one um, is moving on to more practice or more kind of a um, ritualistic magical practice is the use of trance states. The use of trance states is is, uh, very intrinsic to administrism. The idea of which within chaos magic... Gnostic states, using Gnostic states, putting yourself in a Gnostic state. So, yep, that's that thing. The next principle is lots of incorporations, or lots of incorporation with with music. So, um, things like dancing, things like drumming, singing, chanting, like rhythmic practices, uh, vocal practices are extremely important and something that must be utilized with this because they are they are culturally universal. Speaking of culturally universal, moving on to the next principle is with administrism, most of our rituals are going to involve fire in some way. And this kind of ties back to the um, idea of, you know, we're all we're all in this web of life. Fire has been anthropomorphized for millennia. Like until we started, you know, understanding things scientifically, for all intents and purposes, most humans believe fire was alive. Like it exhibited all of the all of the attributes of life. Like it needed to be fed. 
it needed like it spread just like life does and it has energy and anyone who spent a lot of time around a fire a bonfire a, just fire in general like you've seen it feels like it has a mind of its own it does its own thing most of the time like it's it's very energetic and it can completely change its fucking mind whenever it wants if you've ever been around a fucking bonfire Regardless of where you're sitting, the smoke's always going to be in your face. <laughs> the wind will always be blowing in your face. You no, know, even if there's no fucking wind, the smoke's going to manage to blow directly in <laughs> your face. And you're going to have to completely move around the fire to get smoke blown in your face again. Or, like, there's the example of candle magic. Yeah, yeah. The, the concept that it, like, has, like, it can be influenced or it has a mind of its own. Like, it's... You it's, don't... You don't have to be, like, out in the middle of nowhere to have a fire. I mean, if, no, like, if all yeah. you have is a candle, like, a birthday candle, that's fine, too. Yeah. Just, like, we're just incorporating fire. Because, like, fire is inherent to human evolution. We wouldn't have evolved how we did without the use of fire and cooking our food. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to maybe incorporate some sort of cooking thing. With fire. That'll be fun. Oh, hell yeah. Inside, outside, it doesn't matter. Oh, hell yeah. No fires in my living room. Don't tell me what to do. Moving on. <laughs> um, so, incorporation. Um, the next principle is the incorporation of community or other people. Because we are social animals. We need social interaction. We necessarily require it. Otherwise, you kind of go a bit bonkers. With regards to that, we also want to say, please continue to social distance as much as possible. Be responsible people, care about other people, and stay safe. Well, right, right, right. I'm not saying that, like, by incorporating a community on other people, that's just saying, like, hey, I, I'm practicing administrism, which means I'm organizing the next community orgy. I'm just saying... <laughs> Please do not go out and just have some crazy orgy. Or do. Whatever. I'm not your dad. Please be safe. We are not your parents. However, we do not condone spreading this awful virus that has been surrounding us and killing lots of people in our communities. I wasn't saying that either. All I said was incorporate other people, incorporate a community, whether that, like... Because during this whole pandemic, we've been doing Zoom meetings, we've been talking to people, like just incorporate other people, practice with other people, talk to other people, you know, be social, don't isolate yourself and just do this yourself. Like I'm going to achieve magic enlightenment by isolating myself and staring into a fire for 36 hours. No, you just talk to other people. Don't be weird. Just, well, I mean, be weird. Not that kind of weird. Don't be like, I'm going to fucking send mail bombs weird and live in the woods in Montana weird. Quit being weird in public. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, the next one is, with administrism, we're going to approach things with as much of a scientific approach as possible. Because despite it being a pseudo-animistic belief in, in structure... And a lot of people see that as non-scientific. We still firmly live in a modern society. 
So I will believe that, you know, with the whole concept of plants, like I could understand that this plant has a spirit. This plant has a, um, a soul or an energy or whatever. But I understand that eating this plant, it won't kill me because it's angry. It'll kill me because it has alkaloid poisons in it. Something it's something to keep in mind. We're, we're incorporating like scientific approaches to things because... Yeah, the plant's not mad at me because I disrespected it. The plant made me sick because it has poison in it, and that that poison is not good for my insides. Well, maybe it created the poison because it was mad at you for eating it. No, it created that poison because <laughs> that's what that species of plant does. Because it doesn't want you to eat it. Not because it's mad at... Not because I fucking, like, <laughs> stole its favorite pen and didn't return it. Like, it's, it's not mad at me. It doesn't have a personal vendetta against me because I decided, you know, to fucking cut down its neighbor. Like, it's still going to kill me if I eat it. Not because it's mad, but because it's full of poison. Please don't eat poison. Yes. <laughs> um, the next one is acknowledgement of the genius loci and therefore as much focus on local as humanly possible. So with the concept of living in a specific environment, that specific environment has an energy to it itself. That specific environment has its own ecology. It has its own thing. Like you don't, you don't introduce invasive species because that's not, that doesn't, you know, jive with the fucking genius loci of the area you're currently in. On the flip side, like respect that genius loci, respect that ecology in that environment that you are currently in by supporting it as much as possible so like buy fucking local honey because that's going to support the fucking beekeepers in your area that are you know helping the bees and make sure that you know the, they're not gonna let all the plants die and so now you live in the fucking salt flats of utah well and in addition to that i want to add that Eating local honey is also really good for your immune system because the bees are collecting pollen local to your local to where you live. And so when you consume the honey, like you're adding bits of that pollen to your immune system and building up an immunity towards it. So like local honey is very good for you. The the idea still stands where like Treating okay, so if you're vegan and you don't eat honey, you you would still support local because you are allowing plants to grow in that area. So local farmers, you are allowing plants to grow in that area that supply food for bees, that supply food for other animals. Like you're still supporting your local environment by buying local. And this goes back to the whole community thing too. You're helping support your local community, those people around you, right. your environment. Like buying from your local farmer's market is going to give money to people in your community for one. So it's going to support other families around you. We just mentioned how consuming things from your own environment can be, be uh, better for your immune system, uh, your overall health. And another consideration to that is you're you're not using nearly as many um, like fossil fuels by transporting 
avocados all the way from Mexico or wherever the food, the produce at the supermarket comes from. Yeah, going back with like spending money locally and everything, you're taking care of those people around you. You're helping your support the community. You're making the community a better place. You're helping you're helping your neighbor. You're helping those people around you. And the happier your neighbors are, the happier you're going to be. You take care of other people. You take care of those people around you. Don't be a dick. That's the golden rule. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Help people. Okay, next point. Um, As far as like how administrism is um, developing and how it is growing, as far as research um, for administrism will go, um, it will always be anthropologically and culturally based. Information must come from either a member of the culture or from an unbiased study of the culture. As unbiased as we can possibly. Right. I mean, like any anthropologist, like they try, we all try to have like no ethnocentrism. Any research that we will do will try to come from, try as best as we can to approach it from either someone who is providing information who is part of that culture and so has firsthand knowledge or is a study of that culture from with as little bias as possible. And then the last principle that I have so far kind of ties in with that. Um, What we're going to be utilizing from these cultures is going to be the techniques and methods. It's not going to involve the secrets. It's not going to involve the, the cultural meaning behind it. It's not going to involve their tradition like their their cultural like oral tradition it's not going to involve like a f- cultural authority so um using the analogy of music we're going to be using the same instruments but we're writing a different song so an example that comes to mind is so within uh the religious practices of the sami people from northern finland and siberia Um, One of their practices amongst their uh, religious specialists is to whenever they go into a trance state and enter a spirit realm, what they do is they will draw, they will add on to and draw the map of that spirit world onto a drum head, onto their drum head. That's where they keep the map of their spirit world. If we were to incorporate that practice we wouldn't be taking part in like what their uh, pantheon is. We're not going to be like involved in what their cultural um, taboos are and things like that. We're just going to be like utilizing the same method of, Hey, we're going to, we're going to fucking draw on a drum and go into a spirit world. So it's, it's the method. It is the, the technique. It is not like revealing cultural secrets. It is not claiming that, this is how you fucking do it. This is what the spirit world looks like. And if it doesn't look like this, it's wrong. We're just saying, hey, like this is a really interesting utilization of two different mediums of things like incorporating spirituality and like the the trance states that we use and the spirits that we encounter. And keeping a record of it on a drum instead of a notebook. So 
we're like I had said, we're using the same instruments. We're writing a different song. So it, it's like a remix. It's not, it's going to be our own flavor behind things. It's not going to be, we're never going to be claiming an authority on anything. Um, we're never going to say that, you know, this is how it's, even in reading the research that we do, we're never going to say like, this is how it's done. We're, we're going to approach it like, this is how we learned that it was done. This is what this person said, and this is their credentials. This is how we're interpreting those credentials, and this is how we're going to incorporate that into our own practice, because that's a pretty neat idea. Right, because that's what chaos magicians do. They're very pragmatic and like to utilize tools yeah. from various practices into their own magical practice. Right, and we'll come back and be like, hey, well, um, we tried incorporating this, but it didn't work out quite as well as we had hoped. So, and um, it's probably something we did, but it's fine. Yeah, like we'll give it a shot, but if it doesn't work, we're not going to keep doing it. But by all means, if you're following along and you want to do it and you want to incorporate yourself into this practice too and it works for you, fuck yeah, awesome, you found a new technique. We're just kind of pointing out new things that you could try that we're going to shoot for too, and if it doesn't work for us, fuck it, we don't care. Yeah. going to move on. There's plenty of shit. I think that's the thing I really like the most about chaos magic is that it's... I get to learn so much about other other cultures that I otherwise would know nothing about, um, as well as I get to try something new, and I usually have a lot of fun. Sometimes there's a lot of emotional energy attached that can be very overwhelming, uh, both good and bad, but yeah, overall, we generally have a great time. I'm going to be real honest right now. That's the reason I studied anthropology. Like, it's interesting as fuck, but like it, it really fucking increased my magical practice like thousandfold. I always have had a fascination with history, so. All right. And so now that we've covered the principles, um, I think that we should move on to, like, uh, personally, um, why we're moving into this, what we're hoping to get out of it. I think um, a big reason that I'm wanting to do it is um, I've been kind of called towards this whole, like, um, as I described with the whole administer thing and, like, helping other people and administering my knowledge and um, helping people grow and um, giving things to other people. I've been called to this whole thing for a very long time. It's just because of the whole, you know, cultural baggage of the word shamanism and like all of the fucking charlatans and fucking sketchy fucking white people who try and sell their fucking brand of whatever like you should join our tribe and we're gonna hang out on our spirit quest and eat a shitload of mushrooms like yeah no i'm not a fucking wook <laughs> so um yeah like that's that's the big reason i've been putting it off but like within the last year or so, like it, the the call's been even stronger, and there's been so much that's been coinciding, and I'm sure you've seen it with me and everything. Just kind of like the universe has been kind of like pushing me to do this thing, and I've been putting it off. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. But then I've 
finally just kind of given in and said, fine, fuck it, we're going to do this, but I'm doing it my own way and I'm not calling it fucking shamanism because that's stupid. Um, but as far as my own goals, um, I'm very much looking forward to, because uh, we, move, we, we moved onto this property um, last year and with the, um, the nature-based kind of thing that it is and um, becoming entwined with the, the, the land around you, like becoming part of that land, I think I want to do that. Like we're, we're on a decent chunk of land and everything and I want to know it. I want to know this land. I want to know the property. I want to know everything on it. I want to be part of it. Um, I'm also looking forward to, you know, developing my own um, techniques and everything. Um, personally, I think um, as as a couple, like this will this will help like coincide our practices really well because I know the last paradigm that I was involved in, you you weren't feeling it at all. No, I. I participated a little bit. I just, I didn't drive with it. The the one before it, though, I really enjoyed. And I feel like this one, um, so the one we did two paradigms ago was the voodoo hoodoo paradigm. Yeah. And I really appreciated the sympathetic magic aspect of it. I feel like administrism kind of, is more in line with that. And that's where I feel most comfortable, at least right now, with my own practice. Yeah. With us both doing it at the same time and with you being more invested in it, I'm I I'm looking forward to to practicing more with you. I'm looking forward to us um developing this together. Um I'm looking forward to seeing I mean obviously I'm looking forward to this time with you. And just these experiences with you. But I'm looking forward to seeing how we can invest in this property in a way that's going to benefit not just us, but like our own little ecosystem. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's just tons of things that I would like to do. I am a goal setter. I am a planner. And... I need to remind myself constantly that we don't need to do it all at once. Yes. It's a good fuck. Yes. It's a work in progress yep. and that's fine. Yes. But I'm looking forward to utilizing administrism in our day to day lives and seeing how we can just benefit everything around us and make our property be our own little oasis. Right. And not just that, but like, um, like along with taking care of the ecosystem around us, like taking care of ourselves better too. We both have bad habits that we want want to get rid of and like taking care of ourselves and being healthier, being not just physically, but mentally, um, like all sorts of like emotionally, everything like, being better people, like improving ourselves along with improving what's around us. Get more sunlight. Yeah. Yeah, but like you think about the sun and you burn. It's fine. I love the sun. It just doesn't love me. Yeah. You're being punished for something. 
It's like a toxic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you and the sun. Me and the sun. Um, but yeah, so like that's that's a big thing of what I'm wanting to get out of it. And like being able to help other people and developing my own practice and like growing here on this and being able to share that with other people and helping other people along the way and being an administer, being someone who can assist, being someone that I can, you know, justly give things to and all of that. So that's, that's really what I'm shooting for out of it. Um, I think I've expressed like what I've been looking forward to pretty much throughout this whole episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I have high hopes for, um, what we're planning to do, uh, learn and just, I feel like it's going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. And on that note, um, we can, we can wrap this up by letting the listener know, letting all of you know, um, what we intend to provide with this. So obviously we have the podcast and we're putting this out. Um, but we're also, we are hoping to maybe make some small video clips of how we're incorporating administrism into our daily lives. Um, I don't think they'll probably be long, just, you know, maybe 10 minutes or so, maybe more, maybe less. It just, it's a, it's a fucking grab bag, man. Yeah. It'll probably be a grab bag. Um, we have an Instagram page. Yeah. Um, oh, the videos will probably be on YouTube. Yeah. Just, just for ease. And yeah, we have, we have a YouTube page. We have, we have an Instagram page and they're both, you can both search for them under administrism. Um, we weren't able to get a fucking Google like email. email address for administrism. And we weren't able to get Twitter for administrism because it has the word admin in it. And so Google and Twitter were just like, nope, you're probably scamming people. So fuck off with your shit. <laughs> Instagram don't care. Um, some odd reason, like I could set up an administrism account on YouTube, but not a Gmail account. So that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And as far as episodes go, what we're wanting to do is um, we'll, we both intend on journaling our process as much as we can and um, writing down our process and what we're doing and all of that shit. With each episode, we'll share like excerpts from our journals and let you know like all of the things that we did during this time and like how it unfolded and what happened and what the exact process is and whatever. But we'll also, um, we'll also be doing research. As I had said with the principles that we had defined, like the, the research with the, like the ethnographies and the, the books that are written by people of that culture will be researching those. We're, we're going to try and provide as much information behind this and our thought process and its development as we can. Did you mention the FBC Discord? Ah, no, no, no. Um, so, like, also, as far as um, keeping along with us and keeping in contact with us, we are very much in tandem with the Faith Blind Council. Um, this is kind of just an offshoot of the Faith Blind Council podcast, and so we are also going to be on the 
FBC Discord, and there's we have our own channel dedicated to it on the Discord page that will have um, different different channels for like discussion and resources and um, the videos and all of the things that we have involving administrism. There's his own section just dedicated to it and. We would love as many people to join us in that discussion as possible, and we're going to... Um, also, check out some of the other discussions on the FBC Discord. Like, oh, yeah. They're, they're dope as fuck. There's tons and tons of topics. There's a book club. There's there's a really funny, like, uh, online divination. Join us on there. Um, join us in the discussion, and I'm I'm there more often than I should be. Um, talking to people, um, I'll join on voice chats and shit like that and help doing whatever. But if you want to get a hold of us individually, like we said, you can get a hold of us on Discord. Um, you can also contact us through, I have my own personal email, which is yarmarud at gmail.com that you can contact me with, um. But yeah, so you can contact us through there. I'm on Twitter, but I rarely fucking use that thing. But um, I've been getting better about Twitter. I don't really give that much of a shit because yeah. it's just I just see it, it just angrily yelling at the void, <laughs> which has basically been my practice for the last decade. Just or you know the last three. That too. <laughs> Just angrily yelling at the board. But yeah, so um, we look forward to continuing our practice and development of administrism and really look forward to sharing that development with you and hope we hear back from you with any progress that you've made within it. We want to hear your experiences with it. We want to hear how you've developed it, how you've taken this information and made it your own because that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do make the practice your own be part of a community i'm really interested to see what all you guys have to do and you know how you can become one with the universe with us yes and everybody else thank you including the spiders including the spiders yes so thank you for joining us on our inaugural episode of administrism and we look forward to um sharing our first episode of actually having dived into it and um i would like to point out as one one final thought our final jump into it as i had mentioned at the very beginning of the episode one of the things that Iliadi had pointed at as being a shamanistic technique or um integral to shamanism was the concept of the initiatory practice and a shaman being initiated into a practice. I am fully intending on performing a self-initiatory practice this month on March 20th on the equinox. Um, it will involve all of the things that I've mentioned so far involving the principles and everything and I chose that date because it is the vernal equinox, and so like that symbolically is a symbol of rebirth, is a symbol of newness. So I'm taking that as that is my initiation into this and where we officially begin, because the last couple of weeks I've been slowly kind of 
kind of transitioning into this administrism paradigm. But once once the twentieth happens, that will be my full initiation, and after that, we're going full bore into this bitch. So yeah, I look forward to um, performing that right and um, letting, you know, informing you all of my experience and what everything's going to go on from there. Thanks for joining us. It's been dope. Uh, I am Frater Yarmarud. And I am Zarina. And it's been lovely talking to all of you guys. And I can't wait for you to talk back to me. Hooray! Hooray! Bye, guys. Bye. Administrism has been a production of the Faithblind Council Network. To learn more, go to faithblindpodcast.com. For more information about administrism, check out our Instagram or YouTube. Or go to welcometoterradice.com slash administrism.